Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When the red, red robin comes bump, bump, bumping along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he stops robbing his old sweet song. Sar sent off within a minute by that Scrooge Trevor Kettle, but it was the ghost of AFC Wimbledon's Christmas past that come back to haunt them as Lyle Taylor set the addicts on their merry way. Welcome to Charlton Live. Good evening to you and welcome to Charlton Live, coming to you live from the Valley on your Sunday evening. I'm delighted to say this evening that we're joined by a very special guest in the studio. It's Nabby Sar. Nab- oh, he's off. Oh, see you later, Nabs. All right, thanks for coming. <laughs> Good evening on tonight's show. Uh, we will be looking back at yesterday's 10-man victory over AFC Wimbledon. It sounds better when you say it like that and don't admit that they also had 10 men, but uh, they might as well have had 11 for how much we outplayed them when it was 10 uh, versus 11 in, in their favour. Uh, joining me in the studio to look back at that game, Mr Tom Wallin. How you doing, Tom? Very good, yeah. You enjoy it? Uh, yeah, yeah, eventually, once we got that goal. Yeah, you need it. Uh, fair to say that we deserve that win, even though we 100%. were underhanded in, 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 uh, in a couple of stages. And joining the pair of us is, of course, the grand old man of uh, Charlton Live, Terry Smith, how you doing, Tom? Evening, everyone. You well? Yes. Yeah, you enjoy it? Of course, we won. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And uh, you got to do your favourite 
thing of all time and I slag off Renfrew. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was quite good to him yesterday, actually. Relatively speaking. Started off well. Yeah. <laughs> More on that later, Tell, don't worry. Yeah, right. um, <laughs> on tonight's show, then, we will, uh, in a few moments' time, we're going to hear the highlights of that superb 2-0 victory over the Dons. Uh, from Valley Pass. Also going to hear exclusively our interview with uh, Lee Bowyer, the Charlton Athletic Manager, after the game. He came in to, uh, to speak to Terry. We also want to know what you guys made of the performance. Uh, and, of course, the red card to Sar. You can uh, email us, studio at charltonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us at Charlton Live. You can head over to the Charlton Live forum. There's a thread on there for tonight's show. Any which way you want to have your say, make sure you do. Let us know if you thought it was a red card. Quite a few people have already had their say on that on Twitter. Let us know what you made of the performance overall. I mean, Charlton now still in fifth, only four points of second. Are you sort of re-evaluating how well you think the club can do this season? Are we just potentially creeping into a situation where we might even challenge for the top two? Let us know. Email studio at charltonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us at Charlton Live. You can head over to the Charlton Live forum and have your say on there. We'd love for you to get involved with this evening's show. Tom, um, it looked like it was <laughs> it looked like it was going to be a long afternoon after, well, it's 36 or so seconds that the foul was made. The red card came out on 57 seconds. Charlton's quickest ever red card for Naby Sarr. So, you know, the, the records keep on being broken this season. Mm. Um, but it turned into... A very good afternoon in the end. Yeah, I was just sat down and enjoying my bovril. And next thing I know, Sarah gone. Um, it was walking Do up. I think to he had a sniff of it and he wanted one as well. Well, we did say that. We said if we were out there, we would be straight in that shower. We'd be getting an early bath. And it was 40 seconds in and he was trooping off. And then their player followed him. And we, we wondered if Sarah was still in the shower at that point as well, just to keep warm. But um, yeah, walking up to the ground, I was. I mean, they're, they're down there for a reason. You expect to beat them. But at the same time, you think this is Charlton. We've consistently thrown away uh, points against teams that are down there over the last few years um, and then you start the game and, and see that as well and you think oh well now it's going to be tough but that was one of the most comfortable games we've had in ages despite the 10 men I mean, they were just embarrassingly bad as a football team and I know they've got problems but um, it was so comfortable so so comfortable I mean they, they sat so deep that mm. I'm fairly confident when I come down from a half time cup of tea that Terrell Thomas was actually sat in the studio <laughs> here uh, that was one of the you know I've never seen us, I've never seen a team so negative mm. and so defensive against us when we were playing with 11 men let alone when we were playing with 10 men I mean that was I mean if I was a I know that Charlton are a team to be respected in this division and Wimbledon have had a horrible time of it but surely when Charlton have gone down to 10 men early on and, you know, all of a sudden Jason Pierce is playing at the left side of defence and things are confused, surely you, you might show a little bit more, a little bit more adventure than Wimbledon did? Or am I, am I being too harsh? I think, personally, I think they're in such a bad position, um, both as a, you know, in the table and generally. Uh, and the pressure's on them because I think they're moving to a new stadium. Uh, so it's almost like they, they they're too scared. And I think what happened yesterday is, and I mentioned it on comments, that when we went down to, to 10 men, there was no... I had no instruction from the bench at all to change things around. They clearly hadn't thought about doing anything else other than sitting back and defending. That was, that's clearly how the whole game plan for the week went and how they prepared for the game. So when, they, when we went down to 10 men, they had no idea how to change at all. And so they didn't. And, that, and almost their man getting sent off was almost like a reprieve for them because then they could sort of balance it up a bit. Yeah, and I was uh, delighted when I saw how that first sort of 10 minutes after the red card was going because I thought, well, they're playing right into our hands here because we have got the quality to unlock them and find a goal. Right, let's have a listen to how the highlights went down on Valley Pass. Uh, your commentators yesterday 
with Greg Stubley and of course our very own Terry Smith. But headed back down that Charlton left-hand side by Wimbledon. It's uh, Scott Wagstaff who picks it up for Wimbledon in all blue. Charlton in their traditional Ooh. red shirts and white shorts. And Navi Sarr has just cleaned an absolute one. And Scott Wagstaff comes running towards him. Probably not the wisest thing Scott Wagstaff's ever done. That's a late challenge. <laughs> it was a late challenge. And this, uh, yellow card. this is an absolute guaranteed yellow card. I do like the reaction of the Wimbledon players. Um, surrounded the referee straight away. And... I didn't think that was wise at all. But uh, giving Trevor Kettle's uh, history, he's having a word with his linesman, who know, and he's given a red. I oh, knew it. I absolutely knew it. Trevor Kettle doesn't miss a trick. <laughs> I've got to see it again, obviously. Oh, no. You just knew it. Trevor Kettle, you just, you just know it's going to happen. I mean, it was a late challenge. We've got to, we've got to concede that. He's asking to the linesman. It's he's, he's gone to the linesman and say, "Can I send him off?" Oh, it's, it's almost. Minute, it's, it's not even a minute. It's not even a minute. And Naby's dived in. Naby's disappointed that he's, he's committed that foul straight away. I mean, it's it's so early on in the game. You just got to try and just keep your head and just stay focused. In by Fossu. It's a low one. Oh, it's uh, just scramble clearer. Jose's picking it up. Goes back out to Fossu. It's going to corner at a penalty. Here. Take his man on one way. Then the other Wagstaff. Ball drilled oh, over drilled the bar though. When there were players in the far side of the box. He's come out here to uh, Pierce. Pierce out to Fossu. Fossu steps inside Wagstaff. Fossu still on the ball. Little reverse ball up to a reboot. Rebo corner penalty here, he goes past his man, into the box. Rodrigo Rebo back to Jose Taylor! Oh. oh, blocked away at the last second challenge. I think that was Purrington who blocked it, but it's out to Billick. Billick, chip ball into the box, cut away and it's cleared away. And Pinnock. Right side on Wagstaff. Wagstaff will look to take on Pierce. Wagstaff, early ball in the box, comes off of oh. Pierce and falls nicely to Soares. Shapes the shoot, will do so now. Oh. And over, that's a chance for Wimbledon. Yeah, we got away with one there. And that, uh, that was unlucky, really, because uh, Wagstaff's cross was awful. It just ricocheted off Pierce, and it could have gone anywhere, and it went into space for Soares to move into, and he completely wasted that opportunity. Back inside to Rees. Rees, oh, the ball into the was cut out by Wordsworth, and there's an opportunity for Wimbledon to break with Pinnock. Pinnock has got some space to manoeuvre as Charlton try and scamper bodies back. Pinnock onto his left foot, back out to his right. Oh, get up. He's got to die. He's no, got to book him for that. He's got to Pinnock, book him for that. who's already been booked, could be off here. Yes. And we're going to have 10... <laughs> Versus ten. I mean, now if you're if you're if you're Wally Downs now, and your player is just knows he's on a booking. Now we saw it from here. There's no way. Even if he got contact, there was a marginal contact. The way he went down, you're thinking you're asking for trouble here. Yeah? Asking for trouble, and that is just madness. And it's like Charlton have scored a goal here. That's the reaction of the home fans. But Pinnock had so much space to go inside. He sold Bauer completely and decided to go over. He was past him, wasn't he? He was past him. That's madness. Absolutely. Trevor madness. Kettle judged it to be a dive and a second yellow card. And it's, as I said, it's well, 10 versus Charlton. We'll just see the sound there, there is the halftime whistle. Cheers, Jamie, by the way. You know, <laughs> first half that has been dominated by red cards. Prepared to take this corner, which Fosu has gone across to take. I was thinking about the short one into Taylor in penalty area. It has gone to Taylor. Taylor gets under control. Reverse ball to Reeves. Oh, that's a chance. Ben Reeves perfectly picked out by Taylor oh, and was bending chunks. backwards. And there was a little bit of pressure. And I think that just put off Reeves a little bit. But that's an opportunity for Joel. Solid ball inside to Reeves. Reeves turns. 
It's about the cross. It's a deep one towards Taylor. Taylor gets something on it. The goalkeeper's comes out to Rebo in his shot, which uh, was under pressure from Wagstaff is wide, but the lovely ball in from Rees and Taylor was so close to getting more on it. He did get something on it, but the ball just went up in the air. Inside to Bielik. Bielik out left to a Jose. He's made a good good run. A Jose ball into the box. It's decent one. Taylor! What a ball in from Nicky and Jose towards the Pertier. Taylor sliding in, gets the toe on the ball. The Jolt make it 1 0. Oh, that's fantastic work. And the first time Nicky and Jose did pull out into that left hand corner, got the ball, lovely ball into the box, and Taylor slid in. Lovely contact to take it away from McDonald in the Wimbledon goal. It's exactly what Charlton needed. What a glorious finish. And we've been calling for Nicky Jose to get into that left-hand corner where that space is. And the first time he does that, steers the ball across. A lovely cross from Nicky Jose. Picks out his striking partner. Well, Taylor's first goal in a while in a league match. Of course, he was going to score today. Just had to. Touch out to Reeves. Reeves looking up. He finds a Jose on the run. And a Jose's got a there. He's through to a lot of them. A Jose with a touch oh. on. The keeper's out. And the Jose's touch just wasn't sure enough to take it past McDonald, <coughs> who rescues the situation. And then his clearance hits the back of Nightingale. And the Jose's in the penalty area, finds Taylor back on the edge of the penalty area, takes a shot. Oh, and it's covered by McDonald in the end. Back two saws. Halfway inside his own half. Further right is Nightingale, as is Watson on the touchline. It's Watson who collects. Good work from Fosso. He steps in, wins it back with Charlton. Fosso inside to Taylor. Little touch back to Fosso. Billick's in the centre. And onto his right is Marshall. Marshall, can he pick it up? Edge of the area. Yes, he can. Thinks about a shot. Marshall takes it. Yes! Oh! Finish! Oh! Come on! Mark Marshall with a superb finish. Down to the right-hand side of the keeper and into the corner of the net. And Charlton a 2-0 up that's oh, a superb finish from Mark Marshall a player who we always say Terry deserves the rubber of green it deserves his opportunities because he works so hard for them he's well picked out by Billick he gets onto the edge of the penalty area Marshall and just drills it across and gets it past McDonald perfectly timed into the corner of the goal and Charlton with the second the important second goal come on <laughs> That's a lovely flow move from Charlton. They used the space, they used the runners. Fossil did superbly well down this side. And Marshall, ball given to him by Billick as he ran to the corner of Pelle. You just wondered whether the ball would hold up or get held up in the water. Uh, but uh, Mark Marshall just timed his run to perfection and drilled it past McDonald and left him no chance at all. And Charlton now, two goal cushion. Is that enough with four minutes of normal time remaining? And he makes the second challenge. Makes it look easy, and that is the final whistle. There we go, um, Terry. Uh, bricking it, despite yeah. the fact there was four minutes left <laughs> yeah, to go no. against a team I'll... that hasn't really tried to score any goals <laughs> at any point during the game. I don't know if that's typical me or typical Charlton. I'm still, <laughs> still concerned they might get back in it. I like to think you are <laughs> typical Charlton anyway, Tell. So there we go. Um, good commentary there. Enjoyed that. Um, enjoyed listening back to it. Uh, I mean, that's one hell of a game with plenty of talking points. Um, and. The fastest ever red card. Nicky Weaver held the record before with three minutes away at Plymouth, but Naby Sarr um, got in there and, well, straight away we'll dive in like he did and, <laughs> and say we'll have to debate. Tom, red card or no red card? Not for me. No. I am um, just talking about it before. Uh, you see the tackle go in and it, it looks nasty and you think it's probably a yellow. Um, having seen the highlights, the ref is behind like five different players so his angle's pretty obstructed but the linesman's got a very clear view so 
when he trots over to the linesman, you think, oh, well, if he's going to ask for his opinion, then hopefully the linesman's going to say, look, it was a bit cynical, but it's just a booking. But as Tell said in the commentary, and as he just said before we came on air, he doesn't think that that's what the ref asked him. The ref says, I'm planning to send him off. Have you got any reason why I, I shouldn't? And, and clearly the linos bottled it because uh, I haven't seen it slowed down or anything like that, but I've watched it a lot of times at full speed. And to me, it's it's a silly challenge, but there's no excessive force or malice or anything like that in there. I think it's just a silly cha- challenge and, and it's a booking as far as mm. I'm concerned. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not certain what the ref was saying, but that's what we think. Well, that's yeah. what Terry thinks he might have been saying. It could be anything with Terry. Well, it's either that or um, he's gone over to the linesman and the linesman said, uh, well, you're down for two today, so uh, <laughs> get one in early. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, your view then, have you you've seen the replay I've only now? seen it at speed, so it's difficult. But, I mean, he goes in one-footed. I haven't seen it slow enough to know whether that foot was uh, studs up or not. I think it was at an angle, so it wasn't flat. It was at an angle, so maybe the front toes. And were I up, think but... uh, I think Tom's right. The, the the positioning of kettle wasn't great, but then um, you know you'd expect that. Mm. Um, and I think the reaction of the Wimbledon players probably helped to make his mind up as well. Um, and people were, I think, questioning about why Wagstaff was being booed. It was because Scott was the first one to mm. to, to to actually remonstrate. To say that that was good enough for a belt or bad enough for a red, so I think there are two, you know, a few issues here. One, um, it was a silly tackle to make, a yeah. really silly tackle to make, regardless of uh, the conditions, and, and they were awful, but still a silly tackle to make. Uh, giving, uh, given uh, uh, Kettle's reputation, especially now, mm. clearly Navisar didn't know that, I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, secondly, um, I think uh, that early in the game, it was uh, um, just all he needed to stand up. You know, just needed to stand his ground, and and the, the guy wasn't going anywhere. It was he was far enough up the pitch in our half not to be of any real danger. Uh, and thirdly, of course, in normal circumstances, it's a yellow, but it's Trevor Kettle, so it's always going to be a red. So <laughs> we can we can debate it all right. As soon yeah. as as soon as he's got a reason to do it or an excuse to do it, he'll do it. Yeah, I um obviously during the during the game we were completely on the wrong side of the pitch to see it, so mm-hmm. you just have to go with the referee's decision. But then I was showing it on the on the on Brett's laptop in the tunnel after. And my initial reaction, that was slightly slowed down, was I didn't think it was a red card. I think a yellow at best, yes, it's mistimed. Yes, it's slightly higher, but I wouldn't say it was that high. Maybe the speed of it might have lent the referee towards it, but my initial reaction was it was never going to be, a, it never should have been a red card. Um, so there we go. But, you know, how many times this season have, have we had a little bit of adversity that we have to battle mm. through? We had to change things up. As I said, I mean, it looked like Piercy went to left back. Billick sort of dropped into the defence. It was a... A weird formation, obviously, as it will be when you go down to 10. You have to shuffle shuffle your pack around. But, I mean, Wimbledon was so deep. And, after, like I say, five, ten minutes after the red card and I saw how much we were dominating, I thought, we're still going to win this quite comfortably. Because going down to 10 men, you'll tend to think that that's more of a, a hindrance when you're trying to defend and you're going to have a body out of out of place. But when you don't have any defending to do, mm. it's not going to be a problem. Nah, and I... Um... I think Boya deserves so much praise for yesterday. And, and yes, it's not like we've got Lewis Page or Jada Silva or anyone like that on the bench, but it would be so easy for a manager when something like that happens to, to make a change, react too quickly, put someone in at left-back. And and he didn't do that. Uh, he I don't know. It looked like we went three at the back with those three kind of central, Bauer, Pearson and Bielik, and then kind of a four and a two maybe. But basically, the, in terms of our attacking threat, we didn't change it up at all. So we still had those two wide players. We still had the two up front. And uh, and as you say, after sort of five or ten minutes where I don't... What did they touch the ball about twice in the next ten minutes? You could see that Boya probably called a couple of them over and went, look, don't worry about them because they're not changing and we've just got to keep playing our attacking threat. 
those players at the back are more than capable enough anyway. It's not like Naby's a, a world-class left-back. He was filling in there. So if you're going to get a player sent off, I would say, firstly, in that sort of game, Saar's probably the one you would pick, unfortunately for him. <laughs> and two, you'd choose Wimbledon as the opposition because they just sat back and that's that's how it played out. It was uh, it was just bizarre to see. And, and therefore, really, as you said, Tom, our game plan doesn't change. I mean, before kickoff. I was expecting Wimbledon to sit back. I mean, I've never seen a team that negative. I wasn't mm. expecting it to be as you know as negative as it was. But I was expecting us to be playing the ball around nice and slowly, trying to find the gaps. We seem to be relying quite a lot on that crossfield pass from right yep. to left, and that's mm. obviously something that Bayou had picked out um, before the game. But we just carried on doing it, and you knew eventually we were going to get chances. There, there was a drip drop of half chances in that first half, and you knew the more we did that, the more we'd, we'd find that special moment to, to edge ahead which we eventually did in the second half it was all, it was always going to be about patience when you when you realized and especially when they went back down, when they went down to 10 men as well um, but when even when um, it was 11 versus 10 it, Tom's already said it you know they just didn't look like they were they, they were interested in coming at us and so they as, as I said earlier they got a game plan that, that they just didn't change and and the really curious thing is their best player even in, over the whole 90 minutes, was the one who came on with 15 minutes to go, that um, uh, uh, Burry, the, the little right winger. Um, clearly a good player. And, and Jervis, I think, looked more of a handful than Pinnock did when he was on. Why on earth didn't they put them on straight away? Mm. You know, when, as soon as that sending off happened, you, you changed things up and said, Rob, we've got a chance here. Now, all right, up in the week, you think, uh, well, you know, Charlton are flying, we're, we, need, uh, we need the points, let's just play for a point, maybe hit them on a break or a set piece, maybe that'll work. As soon as that sending off happened, you think you've got to change it. We've got to go for it. And perhaps we haven't mentioned, which we should do to give Wimbledon their dues a bit, is they didn't actually have an out-and-out striker in the squad mm. because they're all injured, uh, other than the one who come off the bench, was it Hamlin, um, who, who come off the bench quite... Uh, Hanson, sorry, who come off the bench... Uh, sorry, yeah, Jervis off the bench. as well, isn't it? Is, is he not a striker? I don't know. Uh, uh, well, Hanson was the only one I knew, but I knew they weren't starting with one. Um, and obviously, obviously that's going to change their game plan, but still, like I say, they, they had a... Couple of players had Waggy out there. We know can get forward reasonably well. They had Tom Saws who had that chance. Uh, I'm not going to go as far as to say we know he can get forward reasonably well because I don't think he ever did that when he played for us. But um, yeah, surprisingly one-sided in that first half. Consider it was ten versus eleven. Then of course, I mean Mitch Pinnock, former Bromley man, as as we all know, um, he'd already given away a nasty challenge in that first half and got booked. And then. Why are you going to just take a chance and go down theatrically, especially when it's not even in the box? I mean, you're only going to want a free kick on the edge of it. It was weird because he'd, he'd taken himself away from goal in the first place. And a little bit of credit to... It must, was it Pierce he was up against? Bauer. Oh, Bauer, OK. So a little bit of credit to him for kind of shielding the, the goal and pushing him out that way. But he seemed to just be going out far too wide on his own anyway. Eventually realises what he's doing and cuts back in and... I have to say, obviously, I sit sit down that end behind the goal. And when it first happened, I did think he'd caught him. Um, I've seen the replay and it's difficult to tell. But again, as Tell just said before we came on air, it looks like Bauer does leave his foot in. But the way Pinnock goes down, irrespective of whether he's caught or not, is so theatrical that he makes up the referee's mind for him, really. Um, and as you say, such a stupid thing to do because he, he had enough space there to get a shot away, probably, but decided to try and buy a foul, win a foul, win a free kick. 
and uh, yeah, was giving his marching orders. And again, they cle- clearly hadn't done his homework as to who was refereeing the game. Yeah, so I was about to say, it probably, it probably was actually brave refereeing as well from, from mm. Kettle there, because it's very easy when someone's already on a yellow card not to give him a, a second yellow card for, for simulation. Probably easier for other refs than, than, than Big Trev, because he loves a red card, and, and Christmas is coming up, of course. <laughs> um, but <laughs> but um, yeah, it's an interesting one. Then, I mean, you heard your your little yes on the commentary. <laughs> I mean, that, that was my reaction as well. You're just thinking, right, okay, now... Even though we've dominated with 10 versus 11, now it's 10 versus 10. You can only really see it going one way, one winner for me. And and when it's even, and like I say, all excuses go out the window and Charlton are going to be the team that are going to push them. Also, we'd um, we'd been exploiting space for, for the whole of the, the first half anyway. So then when there's even more space because they've got a man less, uh, it was just, it was obvious there was only going to be one winner. They were playing narrow anyway. And now you're you're evens in terms of personnel again, and there was just gaps appearing all over the pitch. And you think someone like Joe Aribo or Fosu's going to find that space all day long, and that's exactly what mm. happened. That's, we we had those couple of chances. I say actually, it was actually before the red card that we had our best chances in that first half. I think Taylor had had one that was blocked, wasn't he? I think Aribo perhaps was it had a shot, and uh, as well that went for the corner. Fosu had that one where his corner or free kick it was came back to him, and he cut in and, and shot when perhaps he might have, have squared it, but. Uh, after the red card, actually, it did seem to just sort of tail off that first half. And it wasn't until the start of the second half where we were like, right, we've got 45 minutes. Again, we know this is a Wimbledon team that as much as they're going to try and be you know, organised and rugged at the back, judging by the amount of goals they've conceded this season, judging by their, their league position, we know they're going to they're gonna lose concentration or do something wrong once or twice. Uh, the, the, the goal when it came 15 minutes into that second half... It was a really nicely worked goal, and 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 you got to say a lot actually. First of all, for the cross from Nicky Ajose. I've been uh, asking, well, I've been screaming for Nicky, or not just Nicky, somebody to run into to one of the strikers to run into the corner because I felt that both of them were, um, Lyle Taylor included, were quite static. I think because it was quite easy. I think, and and they were allowing uh, Fossil on one side, uh, and then to a lesser extent on the other. I'm trying to think. Was it uh, Reeves and Joe Rebo, and uh, who's the other one in the middle? Did a little. Um, not Billy because he went back centre half, so probably we were lacking on the right side. Chris Solly was making as, as many runs forward as he could, mm. but um, we weren't. The two strikers weren't stretching the back four. I didn't think um, at least one uh, one at a time taking it in turns, and then we started to do it, um, and that's how the goal came because Nicky Jojo was in that corner um, to provide that cross, and I think um, uh, Taylor took advantage of the fact that uh, he was only up against one centre half because of it and um, lovely what a, a superb touch to guide it past I him. mean he, he had to like I say ghost in front of Terrell Thomas I mean also just during during the week we, we talked about how strikers know where to put a cross don't they and Taylor did it in the, against Pompey for Grant and then a Jose stand up but like I say Taylor's Tate still got so much work to him. you have to be clever A to be there physical to and muscle out your man and then like I say the deftest of touches now we know that he doesn't actually have any feeling in that foot at the moment because the injection. So uh, he probably didn't even know he scored. <laughs> but, but he guided it so lovely in. And uh, obviously, you know, against his former club, the, the headlines were, were pre-written on that one. Um, didn't celebrate, but fair enough. He, he spent as long as he did at, at Wimbledon. You have a lot of respect for him. Uh, but, I mean, how many goals is that? 14 goals in all competitions now? I mean, you're still waiting for one of our two strikers to tail off. But neither of them have done it now. Obviously, Grant's going to be out for a couple of weeks. But they just keep on going. It's just a... It's a strange feeling as a Charlton fan to have a striker you know you can actually rely on. Yeah, well, two of them as well. And um, when when Grant went off on Tuesday night, I was listening on on Valley Pass, and you think, oh, how are we going to cope now? Is this going to be serious? But Jose comes in and gets a goal there. 
like he did last season and then you come into this game and obviously Grant's not starting and you think okay how much of an issue is that going to be and a Jose turn provider for the first one and and Taylor's on the end of it and yeah to have two strikers scoring that many goals I think if we got one player who got 12 or 14 over a season you'd be pretty chuffed you think of those seasons in the championship or even last time we were in League One when Kermigan and Jacko were having that fight out for top scorer that was about 12 or 13 goals for that season I think so mm. yeah it's it's so refreshing to see but at the same time and it was something I asked Boya at the start of November when Aribo scored against Doncaster and said would you expect him to have more goals he's got three or four since then as well so we're, okay we've not got goals from millions of places but Aribo's chipping in Jose's got a couple Marshall obviously off the market is huge um so, although we've got all those goals coming from those two, we're not overly reliant on them. Obviously, if one of them gets injured, that's a big, big issue. But we've got goals just across the team, and it's it's really refreshing to see. I think Wimbledon perhaps had their best spell of the game, where they got about two or three corners and crosses in in a row. They had that one chance, perhaps near is is maybe ten minutes from the end, where uh, the, the the set piece found that the guy unmarked, and I thought he might have headed towards goal. Actually, we tried to go back across, and we scrambled it away. So, I mean, always whilst it's 1-0, there's going to be a, a little bit of nervousness. Although, I mean, can you actually uh, remember a proper chance that Wimbledon have? One where Jed Steer had to make a, make a save? No, no not, not really. Um, uh, I think uh, they only had about five shots entirely in the whole mm. game uh, on target, I think. Or three of them, only three of them on target. I mean, it just... Um, it was. It, it's one of those games where you think it's so comfortable, and that's why I said uh, I was a bit guarded at 2-0. So comfortable mm. that something must go wrong. You know, they must show something, and and will that catch us off guard? And you know, they hit us without us expecting it, and and then it will go pear shaped after that. But um, yeah, I think they had five shots totally and only three on target in the whole game. And so, I mean, Jed Steer won't have uh, a more comfortable afternoon, I don't think. Yeah. Well, it was pretty wet and cold, so he probably didn't enjoy that, that bit. Yeah. But yeah, he probably would have been liked to have been warmed up a little bit. Needed kettle to send him off. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. The, the, there's no Wimbledon players anywhere near him for, to foul, unfortunately, <laughs> so uh, so he had to stay on. Um, obviously, we did finish it off, though. It was a lovely move. Billick spotted uh, Marshall in all sorts of space on that right-hand side. Uh, again, like I say, we were finding spaces down down each side of, of Wimbledon, and but he still had a lot to do. Marshall and uh, driven finish across the the goalkeeper and in at the far stick, a lovely goal. And you know, a player who's really come back into the fold over the last six weeks. I was looking up earlier, so he started three games in August, then he didn't play again at all in the league until early November. So that's what two or three months without even featuring. Uh, in a league game, obviously the cup games he had a couple in, but he's really started to come back into contention now. And you'll hear from from Bose in a minute, but he was absolutely purring about Mark Marshall picking up what he's asked him to do. I mean, he's an old dog, Marsh. He's thirty-one, but he's still learning these new tricks. Asked doing what Bose is asking him to do and and improving, and and that sort of typifies what Mark Marshall's all about because he speaks so well, doesn't he? And he's oh, so he, he's such a uh, a proper professional. For me. And the nicest man in football, I think, basically, uh, and 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 proved it yesterday when Wordsworth completely cleaned him out, and he got up and shook his hand. <laughs> <laughs> he does like shaking everyone's hand, doesn't he, Marshall? <laughs> um, but uh, I think everybody's really so really pleased for him because he's he's not uh, he's no histrionics. There's no uh, there's no sulking. Uh, you're right. He's he's had uh, very limited chances. But when he's come in, and, and it hasn't clicked for him here as, as as much as we'd hoped it would. You know, when we consider what he did for Bradford, I, and I think that injury that he had has really affected that or did really affect him and it's taken him this long to recover but I actually do think the um, the FA Cup games that uh, that he played in well, was one of them I think the, maybe the first one against Manchester was the turning point um, mm. because uh, he had a great game that day 
And I think um, since then, it, the, the confidence, I think, is starting to come back. Yeah, and uh, like I say, the, the hard work he talks about putting in on the training ground as well. Uh, so a lovely finish, and then obviously we see that out quite comfortably uh, after then. Um, Lee Bowyer was absolutely dripping wet when he came in after he was moaning about being cold. I mean, we haven't even mentioned the uh, the conditions too much because it cannot be easy to play a game of football out there. I mean, that 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 cold that rain was biting when it was blowing into your face is horrible I mean even where we were sat in, in, in the press gantry the wind was blowing it into our faces it was really uncomfortable just to sit down let alone have to worry about running around in it and play football I mean the conditions must have played a part and you could see that at times the ball was holding up a little bit as well yeah and I think it, for me it was a, a tough game to watch let alone have to play just sitting in the stand it was just miserable and cold and luckily you got the win because as a Wimbledon fan coming across in that weather and seeing that you'd be so disappointed but um yeah, you'd think conditions like that, uh, it's maybe a bit of a cliche, but you'd think it would favour them because we're trying to get the ball down and play and they're not. And you'd think, well, with the weather, it's going to make it harder for us to do that. You know, looking up and getting rain in your eyes when you're trying to slot passes across, the ball slowing down in, in the water, which you could see there was some on the surface towards the end of the game. But um, we stuck to our guns. We kept doing what we do well and, and we obviously overcame that as well. But yeah, as a footballer, when you're sitting in that dressing room, it must be... Must be tough to have to want to go and play out in that, but um, especially having done it last week as well, obviously at Blackpool. But uh, yeah, they did it and, and saw it out, which was which was great. Um, obviously, when, when we looked at the team news beforehand, we knew we were walking wounded and lethargic and and whatnot from that that battle down at Fratton Park during the week. Um, we knew Lapo Lapsy was going to be out because he, he had concussion. Now apparently that wasn't from the block with his face; it was that that one right at the kick end the head, yeah. when he got a kick in the head. I remember tweeting actually during the week. Um, when he won that free kick deep into injury time, I tweeted, what a warrior. And I got a Portsmouth uh, fan replying to me, warrior, he dived. He's out with concussion, so he must have dived pretty <laughs> hard. He clearly didn't see his ear. I mean, yeah. the state of his ear when I was interviewing him after the game, uh, it looked like he'd just come, um, you know, finished a, a game against the All Blacks yeah. uh, in a scrum because yeah. uh, his ear was, he said it was still ringing. Yeah, well, they were dirty, weren't they, Portsmouth, to be fair to him. Um, so so he was out. Obviously, Grant, as we know, is out for a couple of weeks. Dick still uh, was replaced by Solly. Um a couple of the so so the likes of uh, Fossil and Jose both came in yesterday. They they had their moments. I thought Fossil was actually a bit of a handful in that first half. Final ball is going to be questioned still though, isn't it? Yep, I think so. I think um, he, he got in some great areas, uh, Terry Fossil. He was he was terrifying. Both Wagstaff and uh, was it Watson down that side? Um, he was just running them ragged. But you know, it's just that final final ball into the box or the final pass was um, was not there. And I don't know quite why because he there were a couple of times he got past the player. Uh, and uh, and just didn't deliver, and and you thought, is this going to be a really frustrating afternoon where we are clearly a better side, and uh, they're just going to defend, and um, you know the old cliche of parking a bus, and we're not going to break it down, and and you'd hoped that uh, that that wouldn't be the case. Unfortunately, you know we got. Uh, I think the difference between um, winning and losing yesterday was was somebody like Lyle Taylor being able to finish like that, mm. uh, and that's not somebody we've had for a, for a while. And we, well, we mentioned a Jose earlier, but. Overall, his performance, he had that one-on-one -on -one where the, the, the great through ball from Ben Reeves, Tom, and didn't take it around the keeper. And you expect an in-form striker, you'd expect him to take it around the keeper. But like I say, he got his goal during the week. He's got an assist now. If he can just keep sort of plugging away... Keep trying to find these little moments. He's going to have a he's going to have a couple of runs, uh, a couple of games in a run, in a mm. row now. So hopefully, the more he plays, I mean, he said it himself. If he played twenty games, he'd think he would have scored as many goals as Carlin yeah. or, or Lyle. So I mean, he, he has to go out and prove that now, doesn't he? Yeah, I was just about to say that that comment he made, and we've heard him interviewed a couple of times, and he's not 
he doesn't sound like he's lacking confidence in the way he speaks about his ability, but sometimes when he gets on the pitch, he can frustrate and and he won't quite do what you expect him to do. But uh, yesterday, I thought he, he wasn't completely faultless because that through ball, uh, I was, the guy I was sitting next to me was saying, you know, when you're bursting through there, you should be looking over your shoulder, seeing where the keeper is because it's only a nudge slightly away from goal and he's clean through there, but he, he just wasn't looking and seeing where the keeper was, perhaps because he didn't trust himself. But... um Aside from that, I thought he was brilliant. I thought he ran himself into the ground, uh, got himself in good positions, obviously set up the goal and got the assist, which came from from the width that he was uh, providing. I thought he was really good. Is he as good as Grant uh, on form at the moment? No. But if he can get two or three more games in a row and get himself just one or two goals in those games, then he offers us something very different because he's not performed a bit like... a. Who were we talking about earlier about not uh, Marshall not performing quite how we'd expect? I think a Jose's the same, but in the early part of that first season, his goal return wasn't wasn't that bad, um, and now he just needs to try and get on a little bit of a run. It would have been great if he got that one yesterday off the back of Portsmouth as well, but you'd imagine he will start again against Gillingham next weekend, and if he can get himself a goal there, then going into the Christmas period, just have that little bit of competition and to be able to give the other guys perhaps a break. I think that bodes well, hopefully. Talking about a little bit of a run then, obviously, I mean, we've reacted so well to, to Blackpool last weekend where in the second half we played a bit better, but overall we weren't great. Um, to, to win twice, two difficult games for, in different ways. Um, six wins out of seven, like I say, in the, in the top four. It's, it's weird that all this time we've been winning these games, we don't seem to have climbed many places. We've always seemed to have been fifth or sixth for the last couple of weeks, which is you know showing that the teams around us are, are doing what they need to do as well. But... Just edging, edging slightly closer to second place, 44. I mean, are we now in with a shout? There's there's games in hand, two games in hand for Sunderland who are uh, in third, but three points ahead of us. So you'd imagine they'd go probably a couple of points further ahead. So it won't be four by that time. But we are. Oh, have we edged ourselves back into contention and we've still got a really difficult run over Christmas now, haven't we? So. I'd say yes in as, as a short answer, but I think you need to ask again at the end of January. Uh, because well, so it's fine. we must all ask it into the season. Yeah. No, because the end because um, we just don't know what's going to happen in January, do we? Yeah. Uh, because of, uh, I mean, there, there was good news coming out of uh, of the camp yesterday, which I'm sure will be played in a second, uh, or hopefully good news anyway. But you just we are we are still a basket case, aren't we? So we we really don't know what's going to happen in January. Now, if um, in in a normal scenario, you'd think right, we've still got a few injuries. Let's get a couple of loan players in, or or even a couple of signings. Uh, permanent signings just to bolster and give us an, an extra push because we really have a good chance with the squad we've got if we added to it properly we'd I'd say we've got a really good tilt at uh, automatic a mm. really good tilt but we're not that type of club at the moment are we so no. uh, we're are we more in danger of losing people than gaining people and that's that's the key um, and so uh, my head says yes I think um, oh sorry my heart says yes that I think we you know we could have a really good tilt at this because we're good enough comfortably good enough but um, sadly my head says I don't think it, uh, it might happen because of what's going on behind the scenes mm. Right let's have a listen to what Lee Bayer said after yesterday's game uh, don't forget you can have your say as well you can email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk you can tweet us at charltonlive you can head over to the Charlton Live forum there's a thread on there for tonight's show let us, uh, let us know what you made of yesterday's win over AFC Wimbledon this is what Lee Bowyer made of it and first of all he was asked about the incident that saw Naby Sarr sent off uh, within the first minute First of all, the, the sending off, I've not seen it, but I know Naby's a good lad and he's an honest lad. Um, 
There would never have been anything malicious in it. He's obviously made an honest attempt to win the ball. And unfortunately, in football, that happens. You you make a decision, and and a split-second decision, and sometimes you get it wrong, you know? I don't know. From from what I've heard, it it probably should have been a yellow. But, um, yeah, so it's uh, nobody got sent off, but that happens. But uh, after the sending off, uh, you went through at the back, and uh, arguably we still were, were still not arguably actually we were the better side. Uh, yeah. Were you a little surprised that we weren't put under more pressure? No, because I knew they was going to come come and play like that. I knew that they was going to make it difficult for us. Um, I watched them against Rochdale last week, and, and they were solid. Like they just get their their two banks of four, and and they're solid out of possession. And I knew it was it was going to be a case of being patient and. And trusting each other in possession, you know. Um, but I knew we'd create chances, obviously. And once we went down to ten, I didn't think no differently. I knew we had to keep moving it from side to side to to get in. So, um, question of being patient for for most of the afternoon, and, yeah. and not just the the players, of course. The crowd, I thought, were uh, were exceptionally patient. They, they must have realised what was going on themselves, and and there was no pressure on on Charlton to lump the ball forward or just to, trying to, to to break them down quickly. Yeah, but what are you going to lump it forward for? It'll just come back then. The defenders will win the headers and then it'll come back to us. Like That's not the way to play. Um, we had to be patient, we had to move the ball, we had to do what we're good at. And we're a footballing side. Um, so yeah. It's Was good. there just a hint? I mean it took us, um, of course they, they went down to 10 men as well. Um, later on in the, in the, in the half. Um, was there a, a, a danger that you ever thought that um, with all the that the way they were defending, and with all the possession we had, and uh, the movement that we were that we were doing on the ball, that that chance wasn't going to come. Uh, it took an hour to, for it to, to turn up. No, I didn't. I know that. Like I, I honestly, I knew it was going to be like that before the game. So I, I, I knew it was just going to be a matter of time. I knew we'd create chances. We create chances every game. We score near enough every game. So, if not every game, so I, I knew we'd create. I knew we'd score. It was just a matter of time. I think we just had to be patient. I knew we'd create chances and I knew someone would take it. So um, it doesn't matter if it's in the first minute or the 90th minute. Like, as, as long as you get the three points, that's the most important thing. Must have been delighted the way it came with uh, Nicky Jose moving into that left flank, uh, finding the space and then drilling that ball across. And you'd have put your mortgage on Lyle finishing that, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. Some finished though. Great ball. But it came from Tariq winning it. Yep. Tariq, great work right off the ball. Um, closed the fella down, won the ball. Good weight of ball into Nicky. Nicky, great cross. Low, good movement. Pulled away, got across his man. Things that we work on all the time, you know, like they, they don't just happen through fluke. It's, it's hard work, and, and and then you get rewarded like that. And obviously, then Marsh, Marsh comes off the bench and and scores like I'm over the moon for him. I said to him, great strike. Um, but some last season, he wouldn't even have run there to get receive the ball. So now, like I said to him. I'm over the moon for you, but he scored the other week in the cup, getting across the the, the, the fullback, and again that's something else that he wasn't doing. So now he's finally taken on board the things I've been trying to tell him to, to just going to make him better, and now he's doing that, you know, and like that that run to run beyond the fullback to to receive the ball and to to get his shot off. Yeah, it's, it's great to watch for me because yeah, he's, now he's improving. Now he's having an end product. So it must have been uh, 
equally or more so delighted, delightful for you that uh, after the, the battle that we had Tuesday night down on the south coast that uh, I mean it, coming off the coach the players coming off the coach must have resembled you know, the soldiers returning from battlefield with, uh, with people limping and crutches and all sorts of bandages all sorts of things as they got off the coach was it a question of just counting how many you had left for today yeah yeah but, um, but that's why you have a squad you know um but yeah, well, I ain't gonna lie. We are getting down to bare bones at the moment. But like the lads, they've given everything again today. Tuesday, there was worries, and today, there was there was worries in a different way. They had to be brave and and trust in passing the ball. And believe it or not, that, that that's brave in a different way. Like anyone can jump in front of a ball and block it, but to get on on the ball when you got someone around you and you got. 10, 11,000 people wanting you to just punt it forward and to get it into their box and but it, it, it's brave to to get on it and, and, and do what we're basically telling them to do and, and keep passing the ball and in the conditions they had to play in the day as well which were, yeah, yeah, it was which were less than favourable another yeah, half hour or an hour that that would have been called yeah. off because it was it was like I just walked across it there to, to say my appreciation to the fans and it was like a bog like there's puddles everywhere and horrendous like just didn't, it was relentless that rain wasn't it? it was horrible I've never been so cold in my life well, we were up at the, we were up in the middle of the west and we were still getting wet so it was it was just yeah. unbelievable conditions yeah. to play football so that, that again must give you some so, you know so, well, and yeah. the players so everybody in the squad yeah. and the team and the management some some great comfort to, and confidence given the, the conditions yeah and, and, and I've said to the players before like we'll all we'll, I'll need you all at some stage you'll all play a part everyone will play a part in our squad everyone will play a part through this season and when you're called upon, you, you you have to do the right things. And uh, you mentioned just now Joe Rebo and, and the, the impact he had on the game. Which I mean, to be fair, every, every player out there was outstanding. I thought, but mm. uh, Joe controlling that middle. Has that been a difficult week for him? Bearing in mind that all the, the the discussion surrounding him and his contract uh, in the week, has he has he been out of focus? No problem. Well, clearly I've given his performance. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like to think so. Joe Joe's a nice um, down to earth lad. Uh, he's not getting involved in the contract talks. It's, it's more Steve Gallen and, and the uh, his agent. So, but they're going well. Um, I believe Joe will sign. I think Joe wants to sign. Joe wants to stay here. He knows he's learning. He knows he's improving. And he knows he's got more to learn. And he ain't going to learn anywhere better than like you can just see how much he's improved in this short space of time so why, why would you go somewhere and maybe go and watch football for the next two years why would you do that that's silly he's got everything in front of him this is a great place a great club to be at so um, yeah I believe he, he a sign at some stage but um, just negotiations unfortunately they sometimes they take longer than everybody wants but I, I believe that he will sign and, and, and he wants to be at this club. Leads me on to my sort of final question, I guess, is that uh, given, especially the uh, the disappointment of Blackpool and after a, a decent run, and then that performance and victory at Portsmouth, um, and then on the back of that today, the the fans are almost getting the feeling that there's something special happening, uh, potentially, uh, on the playing side uh, at this club. Uh, is that the feeling in the dressing room as well, that... Uh, you know, we have even with the squads being stretched to bare minimum, we are still pulling out these results and those performances. Uh, is there just that hint of something a little bit different happening this season? 
Yeah, but I said that in the start. I, I said that in, in the start of the season. With sometimes the, the fans and and myself will, will have to be patient at times. You know, like it's not going to be perfect every week and every game. But we work so hard at training, and, and that's why. And I've said to the lads like. That it, that's why I get so frustrated and annoyed. Like when you go to Blackpool and lose, we should have won that. But like when you lose against teams that you shouldn't, it frustrates me because then you go to Portsmouth and, and do what you done there and, and and outplay them and, and and Barnsley like outplayed them like everyone. There's only been Burton that's outplayed us this year, and um, so yeah, it, it frustrates me. But we are we. We're moving the ball well, but we've got this fight and togetherness as well, which we didn't have before. So, and, and whoever comes in and plays, like everybody wants to win. We're all winners, and um, that don't just happen overnight. You know, that's that's it's hard work. And um, so, yeah, at times the fans and myself will have to be patient. At times, it's not going to be perfect every time, but we're trying to work towards that. <laughs> You must be really pleased now you've got a week off before what will be a busy Christmas programme uh, um, after uh, after Saturday. Um, I, I guess George Laps will be back and ready, but any chance of any other bodies being uh, being available? Uh, Prattley's back in training Monday, so uh, he'll be back as well. George obviously has concussion, so he'll be back. Um, but I think that's it at the moment. Maybe maybe Ward in a couple of weeks, so uh, Carlin shouldn't be too long. So, um, yeah. Charlton have hit the crossbar twice in the space of two minutes. Well, space of a minute, actually. Uh, again with rebar, the I think. Was it a rebo? I think so, yeah. Ball into the box again. Again, it's a tight one. Again, it drops this time. It drops to Solly. And now, Chris Solly has equalised. <laughs> Get in there. And Charlton are back on level terms. The dropping ball struck by Chris Solly. Buried into the right-hand side of the keeper. <laughs> and Charlton are back on level terms. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
So welcome back. You are listening to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio on your Sunday evening or, of course, on the podcast uh, afterwards. Just heard there from Lee Bowyer and then the mascots. Uh, the mascots before the game, they liked the studio, didn't they, Till? Uh, the bin especially. Yeah, one of them uh, complimented <laughs> us on our bin in our studio, which was very kind of him. Uh, I'm glad he... I, I assume that was the highlight of the day. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Lee Bowyer. Um, yeah, <laughs> not much to say, really. He was very, very honest in his appraisal, as he always is. He knows the confidence, very pleased as well. Um, and uh, still doing a very good job. Oh, it's it's outstanding. I think, isn't it? I mean, as I said, alluded to before, you know, given given where we are as a club at the moment, uh, to be able to uh, to produce the results we're producing, and uh, the players to to keep seemingly having to go to the well and and bring bring up something a bit different and a bit special. Um, and that, I mean, I know I said it on there, you know, the fans. There is that belief. This. It's, something's happening, you know. There's a belief in in fans that it seems that uh, um, something special could happen. And I know Lee confirms he said it at the beginning. You know, he expects to be up there, and and promotions his aim. Or well, saying it and, and doing it in this league is is, mm. is, is completely different. And uh, and that Portsmouth one uh, game for me changed my uh, my view on the season completely. I think. Yeah, we're definitely losing at home to Gillingham. Now you've said that. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, also mentioned uh, Joe Reba. Now anyone who saw. Uh, Jack Pitbrook in the Independent during the week uh, saying that Joe Rebo has been linked with a move to the Bundesliga actually the German Bundesliga or anywhere away basically um, either at the end of the season more likely or he could go in January um, but you're saying he thinks that, that Joe will sign a new contract obviously the, the deal has been on the table for a while that it was taken away a, a lower deal was offered now a bigger deal is there again apparently I don't know exactly the financials of it, but there is a deal on the table. Um, Lee seems confident that that Arebo will sign. I mean, it's hard to say really at this at this time because uh, the deal has been on the table for a while. But sometimes these things take a while. It's a lot easier to sign up. For example, Lewis Page has had his injury problems, and it's to sign up Joe Arebo, who could probably go a league or two up. I think a league up at the moment. I think he'd probably be a regular starter in the championship I think Premier League would be pushing it and you might find himself like like Addy is at the moment maybe that's good enough for him I don't know but if I was looking at it from his point of view he's going to play week in week out here he's got the chance of championship football next year anyway um, I would you know say let's just get to the summer and see what's what if he signs a contract and people want him enough they're going to pay the money for him anyway so I don't think the contract will harm any chance of a move because if he really is good enough he would go um, but I don't think January is the right time for him. Uh, obviously, as a Charlton fan, I don't want him to leave then anyway, but, but there's no no doubt in his talent. Uh, he can definitely play above League One level. I'm just not sure at the moment how far above he can, and like I say, if it is only Championship, well, there's a good chance he might be doing that next year anyway. Mm. So I mean, uh, apparently his agent has had a few players out in Germany. I think mm. he's got the same agent as Lookman. Yep. Uh, someone said Sancho as well to me yes, as well. Actually, and, so. and there's a few players that uh, this particular agent has, uh, mm. has moved to the, to the Bundesliga yeah, or attempted so, to at least. Well, it's a great place to go and learn your football as well, yeah, but yeah. perhaps, like I say, in someone like Joe, he's getting week-in, week-out football here, uh, improving all the time. Both said there's still room for improvement, as, as we well know. Uh, but, yeah, well, I guess we'll see as, as, as we go on. I mean, you can tweet us or email us if uh, have your say whether you'd like to see Joe uh, sign a new deal, how important it is that he does do so. Like I say, studio at charltonlive.co.uk on the email. Tweet us at charltonlive. The Charlton Live forum is open as well uh, for your comments. Now, just before we go into the correspondence, now, Terry, you said at the start of the show that you felt... Um, you gave Trevor Kettle a fair ride yesterday. I was, I was relatively speaking. Yeah, relatively. 
good good use of the word relatively there because I, now I was going back through the the highlights today and at the very start of the game because obviously that's when Saar got sent off I was just listening to your bit just before kickoff and you actually started off with a very conciliatory tone and I thought oh Terry's changed and then fast forward 30 <laughs> seconds uh, this is how it happened Mr Kettle who, uh, well known around these parts obviously I think we'll leave that there let's judge him on his on his performance rather than his uh, his reputation. Who knows? And he's given a red. I oh, knew it. I absolutely knew it. Trevor Kettle doesn't miss a trick. I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, guilty as charged. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking forward to that. As soon as I saw the red card, I thought, oh, at least Terry will have something funny to say. Uh, and, and you did. Um, but yeah, fair play to you for trying to give him the benefit of the doubt for 30 seconds. <laughs> well, yeah. I thought 30 seconds were generous for me. <laughs> compared to, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I'll, um, I'll, I'll have to yeah. hold my hands up and concede that. Uh, well,. He allowed me to uh, revert to type. Oh, blaming him. Blaming him already. Um, I, I forgot to say, actually, there's someone on the forum or on Twitter or something who made me laugh when, when they said that um, they thought that Naby Sarr had started the game quite well until he got sent off. <laughs> well, he made one clearance, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, in his 30s, 32 seconds or something on the pitch. Uh, excellent. Right, let's have a look at what people had to say after yesterday's game. Don't forget, you can tweet us at Charlton Live. Uh, you can email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk or have yourself on the Charlton Live forum as well. Um, interested to know what people made of yesterday's performance. Tom Bramley was the first one to get involved. Uh, says, brilliant performance yesterday uh, in very difficult conditions. Arebo and Bilic were both man of the match. For me, the pair of them were class. If we can keep up this level of performance throughout the season, then there won't be too many teams uh, that can beat us. I mean, like I said, we're certainly on a run now, aren't we? That That's six in seven, I think, in, in the league. And I mean, that, that, that's impressive by anyone's book. And, and the more that happens, the more teams like Wimbledon and, and the lower down teams, they'll come and give us respect. And in, in Wimbledon's case, way too much respect because we will tend to find a way past these teams if they defend too deep. We have, um, we have the talent in our squad to be able to open teams up, if they, even if they do do what Wimbledon did yesterday. And that's, that's comforting. Um, and I think um, I mean, you, you said earlier on about, um, you know, we've, won, we, we've got that record and yet we're still only fourth, fifth. Uh, or level fourth, um, but consider where we would be otherwise. I mean, we had to win these games mm. just to be uh, on a par. Otherwise, we'd be out of touch probably by now. Yeah, it's crazy how that league's uh, panning out. Uh, but it's good to say, I'd say it looks like maybe the top eight will start to pull away from the rest of the division. Maybe. Uh, obviously, the top two themselves, the top three, are, are going to try and pull away from the top eight. But it's good to be involved uh, in that mix. Right, 100% Charlton said, when we had 10 versus 11, we looked so comfortable the way we passed. The ball was outstanding and kept winning the ball back as soon as we lost it. Wimbledon just sat deep and didn't even try to play. And, and then they say, when we beat Gillingham Saturday, well, we'll, we will be in good shape to catch Luton. I mean, obviously, obviously Gillingham come to the Valley. They're, they're also a team who's not having the best of seasons. They've had to have a, a change in manager. They're sat in 16th. You know, if we can continue our good run, then the other teams above us, like Luton, who are having a superb season themselves, they're going to, eventually, they're going to, is the pressure going to get to them? We can only find out by putting the pressure on them. 100%, yeah. And and that's the thing. We uh Whilst our record is is very good over the last few games, unfortunately for us, a lot of the other teams are as well, and we can't really afford to wait for them to slip up. And that's why, like the loss to Blackpool the other weekend was was so disappointing because you think, right, we've got ourselves in this good position, we've come off the back of all those wins. Bowyer's got manager of the month, everything's looking up, and then you throw that away. But then we've gone into Portsmouth, where a lot of fans, I would have assumed, expected nothing. We've got a result. They then come home in, in horrible conditions against a team who just sat back and tried to suck the life out of the game. We've beaten them. 
and we're going to go into Gillingham and you know I know they've got a bit more of a, an attacking threat and a goal threat but they're down there for a reason as well and they're going to be another different sort of challenge we lost them at home last year um, but if we can beat them as well and go into that Christmas period off the back of three straight wins t- you know teams above us and around us are going to drop points and, and we've had our fair share of drop points earlier in the season as well but at the moment we're a team to be feared and we're the team on the up and we have to just try and keep that momentum going as best we can yeah, they score goals, Gillingham. I mean, Eves, I think, mm. um, is the top scorer in the division. He's got about minute. 15 14, 14 yeah. 15 goals, uh, but they do concede as well, and they concede a lot. So we've got to, obviously, we've got to be strong at the back, mm. um, and I think we are and capable of being, um, and we know we're capable of scoring goals. So I'm assuming they'll come with a very similar game plan to Wimbledon, but with a slightly yeah. better threat going forward. Lump it long, you'd yeah, imagine, and, uh, he's try and get us on a break. Yeah. I'm guessing. Ian Catley uh, tweeted into the chat live, made me laugh earlier this afternoon. He said, uh, "Just seen Tony Ste- uh, Toby Stevenson doing the weekly shop with his dad in Colchester Sainsbury's. You're never too big uh, time to get dragged around the shops. <laughs> I mean, like I say, I mean Toby Stevenson is human, like the rest of us, even though he can score hat tricks at will. Um, although I was saying, like, he was actually wheeling three trolleys around at once just because he can." <laughs> Uh, and then Steve Catley who I assume is related to Ian says, uh, says the man being dragged around the shops <laughs> uh, now funny enough actually we had a tweet in from a Wimbledon fan and said have you not seen the league table this is responding to 100% Charlton as well have you not seen the league table we make every team look good at the moment plus we had several first team players missing so it's not exactly difficult to beat us or to look good uh, against us but you can still only beat what's put in front of you can't you I mean mm. there's there's been seasons gone by where a, a team who are down near the bottom of the table will come here and set up shop and make it difficult and then we wouldn't be able to break them down. Yeah, and also there are teams that come here and, and just park the bus and, and whilst that's what Wimbledon tried to do, they made it look very difficult and as I said to tell when he arrived, just the, the standard of their play, the amount of times they misplaced a pass or passed straight out of play or there was a moment where the keeper kicked it into the back of his own player's head, just... Stuff, like I said, that you just wouldn't even see at Sunday league level. And, and I'm not trying to rub it in for Wimbledon fans because they've got it tough at the moment and I know it. But I personally it, would rub it in. It's, like it's hard to describe just how bad they were yesterday because that was... <laughs> I think Naif said he was more impressed by Stevenage and we beat them 8-0. It, it, was, <laughs> it was so bad, their performance. And, and I do feel sorry for them because they've got a difficult at the moment and you don't wish relegation really on any club, barring, barring a couple around here. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, it was just it was just a very poor performance. And yes, they're down there. And yes, you expect Charlton to beat them. But as you've just said, we we've come unstuck in those sort of games in the past. Excellent stuff, right? Spenny had his say. Tweeted in total domination against a very poor team. It was a great all-round team performance. I mean, can you remember us dominating play like that so much? Other than, like I say, maybe the Stevenage 8 Neil, I'm trying... Because honestly... Rarely. Very rarely. It's very, like I say, very rare I can remember seeing... Uh, I wonder what the possession stats were you say, but we just well, seem I know, to be... I know that, uh, well, yeah, that we were 65-35, I think, mm. um, in terms of... At the end, but I think there was a there was a point at some, one point in the first half, and it might have even been when it was still uh, 11 against 10, where we were, we had 70-75% possession against, against Wimbledon. You're thinking... I don't remember. Um, I mean, I'm sure it has happened, but I don't remember in recent times, at least, having that much domination against the side. I mean, the other thing that I found surprising, which you haven't even mentioned, was what Wally Downs had to say after the game. Because, yeah, I've heard, I've heard about it, or I didn't hear it. Yeah, at the time. so I, I saw again. I saw someone mention it that, that what he said on on BBC Radio in London after was quite interesting. So I listened to it this afternoon, and he was talking about, you know, he felt like Wimbledon had chances at at one nil and. 
He said, I thought we were... So this is what he said in, in the press conference. I thought we were unfortunate to be 2-0 down because at 1-0 we were back in the game. I thought we were pressing on the substitutes we made made a difference. We were unfortunate not to get an equaliser and it stung to get done at the end. Now, you're unfortunate not to get an equaliser if you're pumping the ball into the box <laughs> through set pieces and stuff and have a couple cleared off the line or, or Jed Steer makes a great save. But honestly, tell me one chance that Wimbledon had. How, how can Wally Towns come out and say that? Because they did of, not have chances. A couple of trickly efforts. In, in the, the, the three shots that they had on target were all sort of scuffed low mm. that, um, I mean, Jed Steer could have seen it come in, gone and had a cup of tea, come back and still saved mm, it. You know, yeah. it, th- that was the type of um, chances they had. I mean, I tend to agree that... His substitute, the substitution made a difference. The the bizarre thing was he waited until what was it, seventy eight minutes or something before before doing it. So you know, the, the, as I said, the best player for them was the one that came in with a quarter an hour to go, and and he was better than anybody else, and probably threatened us more than any other player in the previous um, seventy five minutes. And that was mm. Burry. And I thought Jervis looked a little bit more lively up front than than the previous guy. And um, Hanson was just another lump, of course, but uh, mm. but. Why not? Why, why wait that long? Yeah. I mean, even at nil-nil, you'd have thought, well, you know, let's go for it because I think we might be able to do something here. But he, he waited till right towards the end when it, the game was almost lost. What a wally, hey? Um, <laughs> yeah, hey obviously, uh, so yes, in my opinion, slightly controversial post-match comments from Wally Downs. Uh, but he's got history of saying controversial stuff, hasn't he? That's why he had to close his Twitter account. Right, Connor uh, Potter said, Billick is some player, awesome away yeah. at Portsmouth and just as good on Saturday. What a find he is proving to be. And I, I agree with that. I mean, remember, he has had a bad game here mm. and there. And in particular, he got he got hauled off at, at Rochdale at half time. But again, his reaction to that. Um, and having since having to play in the defensive midfield, which was the role that he struggled with, I think he's sort of return to the level that we knew he could be in that position as well because defensively I think he's fine I think he steps out to win challenges really well and it's finding the time the timing in the midfield to do that and of course I think he strides away with the ball quite nicely as well he can take the ball past a couple of players and you know in the gap that is left by Josh Cullen he's a different kind of player to Cullen I think he's more physical hasn't perhaps got quite the range of passing that Cullen does although of course he set up the goal for Marshall yesterday but yeah he's been really impressive and he adds that little bit of grit in that midfield for us doesn't he and I think the the thing that's impressed me most is the fact that he did get dragged off from that position not that long ago uh, and then he had a few games after that centre back where he looked brilliant when we had a couple of injuries there and then you put him back there and he's still a very young man and it's like right well how are you going to perform there now and he's stepped up and he's he's done it really well and Boya said it himself in the press conference he takes not quite enough touches in that area of the pitch and he needs to be a bit more a bit more confident on the ball um, but I suppose when you're playing centre back you, you get round your man and then you pass it out um, again you think back to Doncaster where he lost the ball and almost cost us a goal but then immediately went and set Reeves on his way for uh, for Carlin's goal so yeah he's got a nice range of passing and, and again going back to what Boya said yesterday when he talked about the low knees why would you go back to Arsenal and play in the under 23s because I know he's got that potential recall I think his development here is great and he's coming up against men every week and as you say getting that strength and and learning to get his body in the way and and that physicality um and combine that with with his genuine quality i think there's there's some player there Mm. do you think that um by mistake almost or by accident the uh the 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 fact that we were forced to play that three at the back uh, after Naby got sent off but it might have given Lee Bowyer uh (coughs) An idea for another option because I thought Billick was superb in the centre. Yeah. Jason oh, Jason yeah. Pierce was great on the left side. Mm. Paddy Rivera was all right on the right side as well. Three really good centre halves, really good defenders, and uh, with Billick as a ball playing central one mm. that can come out of the centre half position, find spaces. 
if the midfield is um, bogged down or if uh, if the, the the opposition is uh, sitting too deep, it gives it it gives another option. I'm, I'm just wondering whether or not he might consider because I've quite liked that three at the back at times this season. Now I've perhaps being nitpicky because obviously we're having a good season there's a couple of times away from home this season when we played the diamond in the midfield where we've looked very narrow and that oh yeah. we've been exploited on the whip I mean yeah. that Rochdale game Blackpool it happened yeah. it's happened at other games I mean it happened a lot of Burton even though we, we came out and won where sometimes away from home that diamond's getting exploited so maybe tell maybe we'll go to that three at the back if, if it proves quite well if if only away from home, who knows? But like they say, well, hopefully uh, Jason Jason Pierce was like a man possessed down that yeah. left side at some point. <laughs> it was it was unusual to see, but it was quite pleasing. Like, forward, yeah. I mean, I, I would have liked to have seen him have, have a chance to whip over a yeah, couple of crosses across or take yeah. a take a punt from twenty five yards on the left hand <laughs> yeah. side. Yeah, there's, there's nothing he can't do. That Jason <laughs> Pierce is there, uh, right? Uh, obviously, there's there's a lot to say about the uh, about the red card, and plenty of people have had their say on uh, for Naby Sar inside that first minute flaggy. Uh, said his name might be Kettle, but his pocket is more like a toaster with the amount of cards that will keep popping up. <laughs> How is this man still allowed to be a referee? Uh, it's absolutely insane. Now, Danny said, on seeing it again, I think the studs were showing, so probably was right, but the highlights I see come from uh, came from the Quest, the TV uh, show where they put the Football League highlights on it, and, it's, and it wasn't good to see. Now, let's like say, I, I've just got this advantage that I saw it on, on Brett's laptop, so I saw it slightly slowed down, but at the same time, that might take away some of the ferocity of the challenge, but my initial... In my initial idea still was that it wasn't a red card. Uh, Gary um, Ginor, who of course we know plays for the Charlton Invictus, so he actually plays, so he probably knows a little bit more uh, than those of us who just sit in the studio, says it's a foul, it's late, the studs were up, but he was on the floor. And bearing in mind it was only 37 seconds into the game, the first tackle foul, and given the weather, you'd have thought the officials would have used some common sense. It was the linesman that, that decided it. Uh, he said, and, no and, red for me. And therein lies the rubber, common yeah. sense. Yeah, was that it? I mean, I mean, you, you can't. In my opinion, you can't use the fact it was thirty-seven. No, seconds. I, I agree I mean, with that as well. Um, uh, otherwise, otherwise, what you do is you just make sure you get someone to break someone's legs within yeah. the first thirty-seven seconds of the most dangerous player, and then you get away with it. But, I think what Tom said earlier on about the fact that um, he saw it and, and Kettle is, is looking through a crowd of players, so he, there's no way, uh, there's probably no way that you could be hundred percent sure about the actual challenge itself. There definitely is. Right, so therefore. He's actually made his decision based on what he thinks has happened and probably the player's reaction. Well, that can't be right, can it? Mm. You've got to be out of sin. I'm, I'm 100% sure that the studs are up and he's made contact stamping on the player. And if he has, yeah. and if that's what he thought, then fair enough. I'm certain that player reaction played a part mm. in that. I mean, there was one, it was one, I think it was still in the first half, where Charlton got given a a handball on, on the halfway line where the referee, there's no way he could have seen no. it because the player was had his body in Correct. the way of the hand and it weren't until, I think it was Lyle Taylor right next to him appealed for it, along with the whole East stand that the referee gave it. Now there's no way that the referee could have seen that. Obviously it went in our favour but I thought that was a bizarre decision. Do you remember the one uh, in the second half when uh, Lyle Taylor was about to um, challenge with his, uh, the ball was up in the air and Lyle Taylor was about to go at it with his foot and then realised that there was a Wimbledon player close by so he, so he actually sort of half lifted his leg up and then put it down and Kettle blew because he was expecting him to put his boot up into his face. So he gave a foul away, expecting what to happen that didn't happen. And Lotto was standing there with his arms out going, what, what? And he tried to explain it. It was intent. Well, he pulled his foot away. Mm. And so the actual challenge didn't happen. And yet he still gave a foul. Very strange referee, but uh, I, I, you know, maybe, maybe we overanalyze a referee yeah, that we've so. had history with as well. But uh, we're, we're going to continue doing that because the next few tweets <laughs> are about the red card. Toby said, uh, "With the weather conditions, I personally would have given it at most a yellow studs up, yes, and a late challenge, but in no case 
a straight red. Michael Broad said it was uh, only a yellow. Uh, Tim Jackson says, last Christmas gave Ricky my heart, then the very next day we sold him away. This year, to save me from tears, I gave it to Lyle Taylor. I absolutely love that song. Yeah, so Not quite up there with uh, with Lewis's one, Tom, that, that mm, you guys were singing up in Blackpool. That. But that was a, a very good effort there. Uh, right, Cliff Scales said, uh, not a red for me. It was a late challenge, but the weather conditions made it look worse than it was. Nabby wasn't out of control, so should have been given a yellow. Linesman has got it wrong. I mean, is Nabby out of control with that challenge? I don't think so. I think it's a little bit reckless, but I don't think he's out of control completely. And and as a couple of them have said, mentioning the linesman there, the frustrating thing for me is that Kettle can't see it. I'm I'm almost certain that he can't see it fully. So he's done the right thing and gone over to his linesman, but he hasn't got... Maybe the linesman has said to him, and if the linesman said to him, you've got to send him off, then fair play to Kettle. But it, like Tell said earlier, I don't think the conversation's long enough. I think Kettle's gone over there, wants to send him off, and the linesman hasn't got any argument against it. And and that's what's frustrating. But um, no, I don't think he was out of control at all. It was a, a bit of a silly challenge, but um, it was just it was just a bit poorly timed, really. Mm, yeah. Uh, right, Ray said if ever a 50-50 decision was going to be made, uh, Trevor Kettle was going to make himself the centre of attention, uh, which sounds like exactly the sort of thing you'd say, Terry. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. uh, now, Tim wants to talk about Nicky Ajose said, I think Ajose made so many good runs yesterday. It was mm. only later in the game when Fosu started trusting him and playing the ball early that they were shown. Uh, at the time, I thought Nabby's was a red. Having seen it back, it never was. Also delighted for Marshall Brilliant uh, when he came on. So so Tim was saying that he felt that, that Nicky Ajoza was actually making a few runs in the first half that perhaps weren't being picked up. Yeah, maybe so. And I'm, I, you know, I'm not, uh, when I said it earlier, about I wanted to see him go into that left-hand corner a lot more, um, especially in the left-hand side, because I thought they were vulnerable down there. I didn't mean, I didn't mean that. To, to, to sound like Nicky Joseph wasn't making any runs because he, he clearly was um, and he's probably right I think uh, we were talking about Tariq's final ball um, and he wasn't picking him out you know when, when Tariq was getting into those corners he wasn't uh, picking either um, Nicky or Lyle in those runs I didn't think uh, and he wasn't alone of course but, you know, uh, there were stages where the final ball wasn't good enough uh, Reeves was trying and, and I like Ben Reeves I think he gives us a little bit of balance in that midfield um, but uh, um, the conditions didn't warrant mm. some of the passing that was yeah. going on. I mean, he, he put that beautiful one through yeah, for Nicky when, when the keeper come out yeah. and got it. But then he, I thought yeah. I, I thought he was a bit unlucky there. And, and, mm. You know, I thought he, he did try and touch it round him, just didn't get enough um, weight on the on the actual touch. Mm. Yeah, Reeves. Yeah, he had a couple of shots as well that didn't quite come off. Mm. He, he had a mixed game yesterday, Reeves. But like I say, I think when he's on form, which he has been at times this season, I think he could be quite useful uh, for us, Ben Reeves, which is good to see. He got a little bit of stick, of course, from the from the Wimbledon fans because of his tyres with. Uh, Milton Keynes, they they got very good memory, haven't they, Wimbledon fans? They got, I, I don't think I could remember every player that ever played for Millwall. No but yeah, in fairness, Millwall have a history of like over a hundred years, and Milton Keynes is about fifteen seconds. So there we go. Lo- slightly longer than Naby Sarr's performance yesterday. Of course. <laughs> uh, London in it, Giza Pompey to win the league, Charlton to be runners up. Sunderland will go up through the playoffs. I love that confidence. That. I like that. I'll take that. I yeah. love that. Now uh, Sebo said it would be interesting to see if a VAR ref would have perceived. Uh, the SAR incident as a red card now because like I say obviously when it's when it's been given on the field as a red card and then say it would go to VAR for to being looked at you'd have to find the situation for where they would overturn it now so obviously they'd have the benefit of replays slowed down so would they say the stubs were up a little bit which you'd, you'd say the stubs were up a little bit one footed which I, I, is obviously gives SAR some, some advantage uh, whether, whether there was contact or not or a lot of contact how mistimed it was, whether it was By going the way, for the ball, which was, which I was. Say, I, I mean, in my opinion, you, you can't slide into a tackle 
with your studs on the ground. Mm. You can't because it's otherwise, flip. well, your studs will get caught in the turf and you break something yeah. for a start. So you, you know, in any challenge like that, uh, the studs are always going to be a little bit high. Uh, you can't help but do it that way. Um, the, I think the, the 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 mitigating factors have got to be one: did he actually catch the player? Uh, and two, I I always think personally that you know the the the, the bad challenges like that has got to be nowhere near the ball or over the top of the ball. And I don't think it was either, personally. But um, I, I, you know, I've got to say that I haven't really seen it in slow motion or in, in any great accuracy other than that speed. So um, I'd, mean, have to, I'd have to reserve. Judging by Nabby's retweets yesterday, retweeted a couple of um, uh, a couple of Charlton fans who said they thought it was a harsh decision. So obviously Nabby seems to agree with that. That it was a harsh decision. Uh, well, he would do. Like though, I, say, I mean, I both, both said he might have a look at appealing it but he said uh, at the time when I asked him he sort of implied he hadn't really seen it back much although he'd been told it's probably yellow um, but like I say when we were watching it on the laptop in, in the tunnel after I think general consensus amongst where we were then was we didn't think it was a red card so I, I hope that we'll appeal for an overturn obviously um, the, the red card during the week for Ben Thompson mm, that got overturned, that got overturned. Yeah, that was and, he, should have got, he should have got a second yellow instead mm, of a straight red which is strange then because now the ban gets overturned exactly. because you can't downgrade challenges as far as I know anyway uh, right, Martin said he thought it was a red card as well. So a, a mix between the Charlton fans out there. Uh, 100% Charlton was pointing out to that Wimbledon fan that we also had half of our first team missing. And then added just a little dig, enjoyed League 2. So just, just a little dig. Christopher, uh, Christopher Sloman says, Lebo, is Red Army. Uh, he just couldn't control himself when that Lebo interview came on and he had to say, well, let's have another quick break here on Charlton Live. When we come back, we've still got your emails to talk about. And we've got a little bit of time at the end of the show as well because I want to talk about something that um, Lyle Taylor said to to Richard Corley on the, on the back page of the uh, SLP this week. So we'll talk about that as well. We'll be back here on Charlton Live in 30 seconds. Up against uh, Chris Solly into the penalty area, ball back across, uh, hits a rebo, and then uh, Pierce swipes it clear. And oh, this might have a good, uh, good release to Taylor, good control from Taylor. Sets up Reeves. That's a lovely oh, ball to his award. I mean, to his left and into Carl and Grant towards the edge of the penalty area. Goes left. He's going to take the shot, and he's got yes, come on for Charlton. It was a glorious ball by Ward. Lovely hold-up play by Taylor from the release ball by Steer. Held it up, found Ward, a fantastic defence-splitting pass to his left to find Grant, took his man on, gambled on the left foot, shot and in off the right-hand post and Charlton have the lead. Welcome back to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio uh, on your Sunday evening. We're looking back at the superb 2-0 win at home against AFC Wimbledon. Sets Charlton up nicely for the Christmas period, which is coming up. Um, keeps us fifth in the table as well. You've got Louis Mendes, Tom Wallin and Terry Smith here in the studio at the Valley. Right, we've got an email from Paul Griffiths, who uh, had a very nice Tuesday evening, because, of course, he lives down that way in Portsmouth, uh, the Portsmouth area. Uh, so he saw Charlton win uh, against his local team, as did Brian Cole, the stadium announcer. So they both... Uh, we're walking around uh, very cocky, as, as they do in, the, in that area, I dare say. Uh, but he enjoyed the win yesterday as well. So, dear all, well, after the magic of Tuesday night, uh, it felt after 50 seconds yesterday that we're all going to come back down to earth very quickly as Naby trudged off the pitch 
Uh, not sure he'd even touched the ball. Uh, well, maybe with the challenge in it, but you said he had a clearance before that. There's so one, have, uh, yeah, there's one clearance just before. I think. Yeah, so he was uh, loving it. Uh, 100% pass accuracy before that, <laughs> uh, He said, uh, not yet, uh, not seen it again, but it looked a little harsh to be a straight red and more a booking than a very stern talking to, uh, but also did not think that the Portsmouth player should have been sent off uh, on Tuesday, which obviously uh, the, 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 the Football League agreed with after overturning that. Uh, Fort Boyer got his tactics spot on, moving to a three at the back and doing the usual of taking... Uh, uh, a striker off to replace a defender uh, and not doing that yet I think he means uh, with the Don seemingly not willing to change their game plan it meant we could carry on playing uh, as we would have wanted to the great thing about having Mr Kettle officiating is that you're never far from the next odd decision and luckily it came in our favour with the second sending off before half time again uh, not seeing it but in real time viewing it was that one of our players uh, being sent off there and we could all have been uh, if that was one of our players being sent off we all would have been furious now I mean, I still think I still think it was a correct decision for the second yellow, but I guess in real time, uh, it, it's hard to tell, uh, which is what Paul's getting at. He said, uh, as in the uh, as the second half wore on, I remained uh, and remained goalless. I feared a one nil Wimbledon breakaway goal uh, at the end, but luckily Lyle Taylor baby again got the goal, and then delighted for Mark Marshall getting the second excellent goal. Hopefully, this can be the springboard for a player I have a lot of time for. If only uh, we could play out injury time every week like we did yesterday, simply keeping the ball. Uh, and even the fans getting the O laser. I mean, he weren't even injury time. Like I say it was first, his first half when we were keeping the ball, and we could have got the O laser out then uh, because it was one of the most comfortable performances in terms of keeping possession of the ball that I've seen in a long, long time. Yeah, I'd go along with that. It, it, I think we've said it before. I don't think I've ever watched a game where we've uh, we've not look, really looked in trouble ever. Mm. Right, Steve Henry. Uh, Imarin said Charlton 2 Wimbledon it was a shocking game uh, in atrocious conditions referees need to understand that football is for the supporters and sending off Saar or any player for anything other than a dangerous studs up challenge so early in the game is the best way to ruin it for supporters surely uh, yellow was the obvious punishment uh, as that in itself would have given AFC Wimbledon a reasonable advantage as it would have put Saar under real pressure to avoid a red and the opposition would have tried uh, to take advantage of that by exploiting that flank. Wimbledon was simply atrocious and got what they deserved from the game, which was absolutely nothing. Uh, respect to their fans and to the club uh, as they're punching well above their weight financially. Boya summed it out perfectly. We kept chipping away until we broke them down. A convincing victory in the worst possible conditions and had the game started half an hour later, it may well have been abandoned. That's from Steve Henry. Uh, again, I think he sums it up nicely. Uh, the, the only thing I will say is, like I say, even if it, it, early on it, it doesn't make, it can't make the referee change his decision. It was more the ferocity of the challenge that, for me that made it the wrong. Yeah, decision. the timing is irrelevant. I think yeah. uh, mostly um, uh, the conditions are relevant. I think uh, you know if you slide in and your momentum is taken because of the, you know you're sliding on mud, then you're not in control. But that's not necessarily your fault. Then that should be considered. Uh, but um, I, you know, I, I just think. Uh, as I said before, I think he guessed and and went by the um, Wimbledon players' reaction rather than what he actually saw. Mm. Right, Paul Williams sends in. He says, a great win like all, like they all are. Three points are three points. As for Nabs Red, not a chance. First tackle, one-footed, and it was a trailing leg that caught him. He said, he used to like Waggy. Uh, not so after the first 57 reactions. His uh, first, uh, first 57 seconds, his reaction got him sent off. No respect. Not like the guy... With all the class in the world, Lyle, the power, Taylor, respect goes a long way in the game for me. On another note, when we uh, kick off at when will we kick off at 3 p.m.? Another game where we didn't start till 3:05. Nervous 
uh, on that betting front. Always the last game to finish. Keep up the good work, boys. Cheers for that. Paul, yeah, but the teams weren't even out the tunnel at three o'clock. It's just, why are we always so late? Always us. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 we, we need to find out, don't yeah, we? Yeah, that, Maybe the clock's in, uh, in, in the Valley by the dressing rooms yeah, are out by five yeah, minutes. Yeah, probably uh, haven't put the batteries in or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, it's funny you're saying about how, uh, about how uh, Lyle Taylor has all the class in the world. And clearly, obviously, he didn't um, celebrate against his no, former team. No. But I don't know if anyone's seen the video game round of him celebrating in front of the Portsmouth fans. And this Portsmouth fan getting so irate, but somehow controlling themselves. They must be politely irate. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just, just going, oh, go away! After <laughs> after after Charlton scored at Portsmouth. Uh, he does give as good as he gets sometimes, Lyle. Uh, it was interesting, like I said, Waggy was being booed, I think, for his part in the sending yeah. off. I mean, no one could ever question Waggy. Uh, Waggy's commitment as a Charlton player. He was, he was back here two weeks ago for the Chris Solly testimony, wasn't Correct, he? I think yeah. he's a, a proper Charlton person. Um, I found him quite frustrating actually as a player when he was here, but he always gave 100%, and uh, you can't really argue with that. Now, Charlton Soul emailed in said, Billick is one of the best players in the league. Unfazed at Portsmouth, ran the game yesterday. Keeping him fit is massive. We really look like the real deal this year, and that's without most of our best players. Playoffs growing, in, uh, looking un- like an underachievement. Uh, the more the weeks passed by. So, I mean, playoffs for me would still be an achievement. I, I think, I still think, I'm still edging towards that's the best I'm hoping for. Just because I think with our squad, and it's probably going to catch up with us at some point. But, you know, he's another one. Charlton Soul is saying that they think that, that we could get into that top two. wonder what price uh, you can get on a Charlton Sunderland playoff final. Oh, <laughs> lovely. 21 years after that, it doesn't have the nice ring to no, it. Don't so, do it. so we'd probably lose that. Uh, yeah, right now, obviously, uh, yesterday before the game, we heard from Samuel Spong on the Thursday evening show because you could uh, take your food down for the food bank. Uh, Charlton, uh, we're, we're supporting the effort. It has been collected behind the, uh, the the West Standby fans supporting food banks. They will be there again next Saturday before the Gillingham game. Uh, I tweeted a list of the sort of stuff. I looked at the, the website for the Greenwich food banks. The sort of thing they'd love to get is things like tin peas, tin carrots, um, long life custard. They needed that. They wanted the long life fruit juices uh, as well. Uh, they've got plenty of pasta and plenty of beans, but there are sort of stuff. I mean, the, the, the little Sainsbury's up the top there, if you're on the way to the ground next week, just pop in and like tins of peas and stuff are like 40 peas. Just buy a, a handful of that sort of stuff. Every little helps. And we got a message from fans supporting food banks and a massive thank you to all the Charlton fans that bought food down. Uh, we filled up the whole van. The kindness of the fan base really was at full force. It'd be great to continue that momentum for next week's collection. So don't forget, before the game next week here at the Valley against Gillingham, you can bring down more tinned goods um, and, and fill up that, that, that food van for the uh, for, for the Greenwich Food Bank. Yeah, I mean, when I got there, uh, I think I got there about one o'clock, uh, maybe just before, uh, to, to hand my stuff over. And it was nearly, you know, it was pretty full then. I, was, I thought, you're going to need a bigger van, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were, they were loving it. So well done to Samuel, of course. Uh, the players got involved. Uh, during the week they went down and, and, and helped out a little bit at the, at the Greenwich Food Bank so yeah don't forget next Saturday as well you can bring down more food it's uh, you know Christmas is coming up so it's a, a great time to try and uh, be, be generous uh, as we know Charlton fans are right uh, in the last seven minutes of the show I wanted to point out uh, or pick up something that was on the back page of the SLP on Friday now it's Lyle Taylor is one of my favourite players to interview now, uh, just purely because you know, he bangs on forever, so you get a lot of stuff out of it. But he's also he's also he's a class act for a start. You know, we know what he did with his uh, dyeing his hair pink and whatnot for for the Cancer Research UK 
charity drive. Um, when I spoke to him after the Luton game about that, he also gave us a little bit, giving a little bit of stick to the <laughs> to the to the Luton fans for keeping the ball, uh, which is always funny. And and um, he's outspoken, which is what we like about him. He said he, during the week, I think uh, I don't know if he upset the Wimbledon players, but they, they would have noticed that he said. Uh, that the the his former teammates let Neil Ardley down, and they're the reason that that he had to leave. So obviously outspoken, and he said this week now on the back page of the SLP on Friday. So make sure you you have a look at that. Uh, you can download the SLP app to read this, which is where I'm reading it from. Um, he's sent a message to Roland Duchatelet, which is unusual for for a Charlton player, begging him not to sell any players. He says along the lines of we have to keep everyone and that includes players who haven't played so much like Nikia Jose and Mark Marshall we've got a small squad as it is it's a tight knit squad and a squad who work well together uh, talking about that he said we can't get rid of anyone I'm sure the manager will want one or two in, in the door to help us I don't know if these words will ever be read by the owner of the football club but he needs to know that we are as, uh, as a squad uh, we'd need to stay together hopefully that's the message he'll be getting from the people who are in contact with him now Never hear. So him. that's him sold then. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, I, I can't remember ever a, a, a player sending a message to Roland like that. I don't think I can. No, I don't think. Um, uh, no, certainly not a current one. Uh, you know, not one that's uh, on the uh, on the salary. Um, I don't think it's happened at all. No, I think a few ex players have done it, mm. but uh, no, um, not that I'm aware of. A current player has, has done that, and it's it's refreshing. Do you think Roland it's honest. Much attention to that? None at all. <laughs> Do you think he doesn't read the SLP? I suspect that's probably <laughs> Seems true unlikely, as well. Yeah. doesn't yeah. it? Um, yeah. Uh, but if it's put on Charlton Life, he might read it, mightn't he? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely reads that. Um, it's good to hear. I mean, obviously, we, we talked about a rebound. I mean, it goes without saying that we can't afford to lose players because of the, the situation that we're in, Tom. Yeah, and uh, as I said, I think on whenever I was last on, I think we need a few more players anyway. Um, I'd like to see another striker, although Jose's picked up a little bit. We obviously need a left-back, and I still think we need someone else in the middle as well. So, yeah, um, it's strange to hear a player come out and say that, but he, he's one not one to shy away from making comments on a few things, and I respect him for that. Um, as you've both said, I don't think Roland's necessarily going to listen to it, but it's very clear to everyone here that we are a team that are right on the edge of being able to do something this year, and he has always said if that was the case, he would put his hand in his pocket in January, and we've never had that opportunity before, but... We do now, um, so it's time to put his money where his mouth is and, and make some investment and, and definitely not sell players and see what, what Lebo you can do for the second half of this season. Can't see him spending any money in January, though, unfortunately. Just, I mean, he hasn't spent any money since the summer before last now, so I'll, I'll be shocked if, he's, mm. if we stump up any cash for a player. Um, no, I think it'll be a free transfer yeah. or, or more loans. I, suspect. Yeah. I don't know if we're allowed any more loans, by the way. I don't know. Uh, well, no, you can, you can have as many as you want, but you can only have five in your match. In squad, squad. Yeah. So, uh, like think, Cullen's out, isn't he, for yeah, a while? So, so. we've got a little bit of room for that. And obviously, I mean, uh, Bo's saying about Ward, we'd be back in a couple of weeks, but he's also going in a couple yeah. of weeks, so I don't know exactly where that's going to land. Well, I don't know whether that discussion will take place so that we can extend it to the end of the season. Cause, well, um, I've asked him about it. I mean, Wardy said himself that he'd like to. Bo said he'd have to see when we asked him a couple of weeks ago. The problem is his so. injury record, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, if you, if you extend it and he's out for you know half or the two-thirds of the period while he's here, it's not a worth A waste it. of money, without sounding disrespectful. It's a waste of the, the budget that Oh, the if Bo you could guarantee it. Ward as a player would be fit and, and healthy for, for a decent proportion of it, you'd, you'd, you'd take him definitely. Yeah. Um, just a, another interesting thing that came out of the Lyle Taylor interview. Uh, he said that Portsmouth style of football should be banned. <laughs> <laughs> well, he did get clapped. I mean, I, 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 the strange thing about it is that they rescinded the red card, and, and okay, fair enough, because we thought it was harsh at the time. Yeah. 
but we did think it might be a yellow because it was his trailing leg that caught um, mm. caught uh, Lyle Taylor. What I don't grasp is that I always thought if there was a challenge made that the referee didn't see, that uh, they could go back and, and, and judge it. Mm. Now, um, the same player caught Billick square in the face of his elbow. Yeah. Led with his elbow. But the referee, the referee was right, staring right yeah. at it, so there's no way he couldn't have missed that. Well, he knows, but he didn't, he didn't yeah. blow, he didn't give bizarre, a... Yeah, yeah. bizarre that he didn't give the free kick for that, because that was a that was a, nasty, that was a minimal challenge. That uh, was absolutely. All over. Um, and they, um, are, they are a physical... That's why they are where they are, and, and especially at home. I yeah. mean, that place is going to be a difficult place to go and, and get any, anything out of, so the fact that we did it is immense. Mm, excellent stuff. Right, we're coming towards the end of... Uh, uh, this evening's show. Don't forget, we'll be back here on Thursday evening. Tom, you're about on Thursday? Oh, yes. yes. Excellent, but finally. you're not about next Sunday for the... No. Are oh, you going to no. miss the, the Christmas special? We're well, going to have a Christmas special next Sunday, which I'm looking forward to. Uh, I'm going to set up a quiz. Oh, and I'm going to miss the quiz this year. Yeah, you're going to miss the quiz. This is, yeah, it's, you wouldn't have won. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think I have for the last two years. <laughs> yeah, only because I'm not playing in the quiz. Because I used to be... <laughs> when, before I was on the other side of the desk, I was the best at the quiz by a mile. Uh, which I, I still I still dine off because it's my only achievement in life. But um, yeah, so we'll we'll have a, we'll be back here on Thursday. Christmas special next Sunday. It's the halfway point of the season after the Ginningham game as well. So yeah. we'll take stock of where we've been. But it's another win, six wins out of seven for the Addicts. I'm really enjoying this good run. Hopefully it will continue uh, for as long as possible. Unlike this evening's chat on live, which has come to an end. So uh, Tom, thanks for coming in. Cheers, Louis. Terry Smith, good to have you as Appreciate always. It, thanks. Uh, hope you've enjoyed the show. Thank you for listening all the way to the end. We'll be back here on Thursday. But like I say. Let's hope this superb run that the addicts have been on over the last couple of weeks uh, can continue. I've been Louis Mendes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.